Now, today, I want to begin with a poll. I've asked Bo and Greg not to move the cameras, so it will not be recorded whether you raise your hands in response to my three questions. Don't overthink. This is not a pop quiz or a test. First question. Raise your hand if you have felt weary in the past few months. Thank you. Second question, raise your hand if you have felt hungry over the past three weeks. All right, thank you. Third and final question, raise your hand if you trust Jesus will provide for you both rest and nourishment. Thank you. Thank you all for participating in this poll. Now, there will be no analysis of the data or follow-up questions posed to all those listening and watching, but I hope you will remember these three questions when you recognize that you need to take a break. When you hear your stomach growling and when you wonder and pray who may assist you as you seek rest and nourishment. Because as a nation, we do not take much time away. In 2018, American workers left a record number of vacation days on the table. 768 million days. And this number was up 9% from 2017. Of the unused days, 236 million were forfeited completely, which equates to 65.5 billion in lost benefits. Now, more than half, or 55% of workers reported they did not use all of their allotted time off. And when you compare our culture to others around the world, we are the worst at creating policies for time off. According to the study from the Center for Economic and Policy Research, the European Union requires member countries to grant workers at least 20 working days of paid vacation. But many countries go well above that number. France, for example, requires at least 30 paid workdays off, not including paid holidays, while the UK mandates 28, followed by Austria, Denmark, Finland, Norway, Spain, and Sweden at 25. The United States, on the other hand, mandates no paid vacation or paid holidays, zero days. It's the only country in the Organization for Economic Cooperation and Development, a group of 36 of the world's wealthiest nations, that doesn't require employees to give workers annual paid leave. Friends, it seems like we could take a few more breaks. And our value on meals together is not anything to brag about either. 
According to recent data, people in France tend to spend the most time eating and drinking per day on average at two hours and 13 minutes. Their neighbors in, in Italy and Spain aren't too far behind, averaging more than two hours per day. In Asia, people in South Korea spend about one hour and 45 minutes eating and drinking every day, while those in China average about five minutes less. But eating is a much faster experience in North America. Canadians spend an hour and five minutes eating and drinking per day, while in the United States, it's just an hour and two minutes. See, not many of us kick back and enjoy a leisurely, lengthy supper. We eat and get going. We don't spend much time relaxing at our table over the course of a day. Now, all these statistics may seem not all that important, but in today's gospel lesson, Jesus spends quality time with the disciples. He gives them a lesson on the importance of time away after a busy streak, and he schools them on feeding a crowd. These are lessons of good news for us today, because like the disciples, we need reminding that Jesus encouraged time away from the crowds, time away from the demands of work, time to pause and reset. And when the crowds continued to find them, Jesus has good news and a great meal plan. Listen to today's passage from Mark chapter 6, starting with verse 30. The apostles gathered around Jesus and told him all that they had done and taught. Jesus said to them, Come away. To a deserted place all by yourselves and rest a while. For many were coming and going, and they had no leisure even to eat. And the disciples went away in a boat to a deserted place by themselves. But now many saw them going and recognized them. And they hurried there on foot from all the towns and arrived ahead of them. And Jesus went ashore. And he saw a great crowd, and he had compassion for them, because they were like sheep without a shepherd. And he began to teach them many things. When it grew late, his disciples came to him and said, This is a deserted place, and the hour is now very late. Send them away so that they may go into the surrounding county, country and villages and buy something for themselves to eat. But Jesus answered them, You give them something to eat. They said to him, Are we to go? And buy 200 denarii worth of bread and give it to them to eat? And Jesus said to them, How many loaves have you? Go and see. And when the disciples had found out, they said, Five and two fish. And then Jesus ordered them to get all the people to sit down in groups on the green grass. So they sat down in groups of hundreds and fifties. 
And taking the five loaves and the two fish, Jesus looked up to heaven and blessed and broke the loaves and gave them to his disciples to set before the people, and he divided the two fish among them. And all ate and were filled. And they took up twelve baskets full of broken pieces and of the fish. Now those who had eaten the loaves numbered five thousand men. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. We begin with rest. After the disciples gave their progress report, relaying all they had accomplished, according to Mark, Jesus doesn't give them a sticker, a cookie, or even a high five. Jesus doesn't celebrate all they have done. He tells them they should head to a deserted place and get some rest. Their reward is a break. Now, this is not shocking. Students of all ages look forward to spring break and summers away from the classroom. So Jesus teaches the disciples that after they have labored in the vineyard, teaching, healing, meeting people where they are, their reward is rest. One way to prepare for new opportunities in ministry is to catch your breath. Now I wonder, can you remember the last time you felt deeply rested? While I was a student at Union, I took a midterm class that was a silent retreat. My friends joked with me, you signed up for a silent retreat? Kate, this may be the first class you totally fail. Do you really think you'll be able to keep quiet for multiple days, they asked? But the truth is, I loved it. As our retreat began, we started in a circle with a brief chance to talk about what we were bringing to the experience. And then for the next three days, we practiced silence and solitude together. It didn't take me long to figure out how to spend my quiet time. I read but not in the focused, furious ways I pushed through paragraphs of theology in church history. No, this time I took my time in reveling in reading, not worried about the clock. I journaled. I slept soundly each night and dozed and napped when my concentration faded. I took time to wander around the woods and explore the trails of the retreat center. We gathered three times a day for meals that were prepared for us, and we would smile and make eye contact and bow our head in greeting, but we didn't speak. The silence settled among us like a cozy blanket. And then, before we prepared to leave, we gathered in the circle again and shared from our experience. With clear expectations and all my needs met, I, the same person friends had nicknamed Walkie Talkie, 
fell in love with silence. Now, during my student days, it was one class where I learned more about myself and how to create a safe space with and for others, more than I learned from the assignments in the syllabus. It was the only class I've ever had in all my school days where I felt rejuvenated and well-rested during and after the course. Now, my silent retreat in the woods is what Jesus imagined for the disciples. Time away to do what their heart, mind, and bodies needed to regain their strength and rest time away to listen to their own needs, time set aside for their own growth and healing. But Mark is quick to tell us that peaceful time away was not the reality they experienced, not in the least. People were so eager to be with them, to learn and to be healed by them, that they ran ahead of the boat. They came from Henrico, Palotan, Mechanicsville, Ashland, Midlothian, and Sandston, from all the surrounding areas, the people came. And even though Jesus had instructed the disciples to seek time away and to rest, his compassion for the people won out over his Google Calendar. One scholar wrote, Compassion is a weak rendering of what was going on with Jesus. The Greek word refers to a churning of the gut. Jesus was deeply moved by the needs of the people. So Mark offers an echo of Psalm 23 here, writing that Jesus had such compassion for the crowds because they were like sheep without a shepherd. So... In response, Jesus began to teach them many things. He just taught the disciples that their reward for good, faithful, tiring ministry is rest. And now he teaches the people, searching for guidance and direction, many things. Now the disciples return to the picture with their own concerns for the people. Noting the numbers in the crowd and the time in the evening, they are worried about how all these people will find their next meal in the neighboring villages. So they ask Jesus to send the people away so that they can figure out their own dinner plans. But Jesus, Jesus is still in teaching mode. With Mark's direct writing, he responds, you give them something to eat. Now you can almost imagine how this scene would unfold in a sitcom on Netflix or Hulu. The disciples look around at each other incredulous. Are you talking to us? First you told us to put our feet up and now we have to feed all these people? Really? And you know, you know how the story goes. They find five loaves of bread and two fish. Jesus blesses it, breaks it, and gives it to the disciples to share among the crowds. And all the people eat. And all those gathered to learn from Jesus learn that with God, 
There is enough, for everyone eats their fill. No one, no one goes away hungry. No one is overlooked or ostracized from this example in Mark of the great meal plan with Jesus. Here, among folks who were likely Jews, there is enough for everyone to eat their fill with 12 baskets filled with leftovers. And then a few chapters later, Jesus teaches the disciples that the same grace-filled meal plan can happen with Gentiles too. Because with God, there is enough. With God's meal plan, there is plenty for all to eat and be filled with abundant leftovers later. Now here at Second, we have our own stories about God's meal plan and the miracles of having enough to feed a crowd. The walk-in program is a Monday routine for feeding sheep who may feel they are without a shepherd. And tomorrow at walk-in, we will begin to serve our guests a meal that they may sit down and enjoy again. This church has organized a minor miracle throughout the pandemic, figuring out how to get food to our hungry neighbors in a safe way, working with them to assist in getting the vaccine, showing up to volunteer when other churches have declined. And tomorrow, once again, we welcome guests inside from the sun and heat to sit and dine and rest a while. Now, we won't seat them in groups of hundreds or fifties in our dining room. We want to keep all our guests and volunteers healthy. But Elva keeps things running smoothly, so I doubt that there will be 12 plastic bins of leftover sandwiches or soup after all the guests have been served. But there will be enough for all to sit and enjoy a full meal. This church knows what it's like to trust that the Spirit will provide and that the people will be served. So like the disciples, like the crowds seeking a shepherd, we come seeking rest and nourishment. Jesus teaches us that when we trust in God, we can find good rest and plenty to go around. Now, it is simple to say, but not simple to live. It's countercultural to take time away or to share with people you don't know, to trust that God will provide in ways you can't plan for or imagine. But God's love is not like pie. It's not a zero-sum game so that the more love you require does not mean that there is less love for someone else. God's love ensures that all get our fill. So there is enough for everyone and an abundance to boot. So the next time you find yourself feeling weary or hungry, or unsure about what is next, trust in God. 
We believe and celebrate that Jesus is the Good Shepherd. And because that is true, then it's easier to take a break, or at least to take a deep breath. And because it's true, there is enough for all creation to get its fill and thrive. And because it's true that Jesus is the Good Shepherd, watch out. God is working with you, through you, with compassion and blessing. May it be so. May it be so. Let us pray. Gracious God, you created the world with enough for all nature and humanity to thrive. Remind us of the abundance of your care. Guide us to trust that with you we can find rest and nourishment, what we need to feed our souls for faithfulness. Lead us to seek Christ and share his love and compassion in all we say and do, through the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen.